0: We're going to wrap up our three-week series of different people set apart this morning. And I'm not going to go into too much detail from the last couple of weeks, but I do want to recap just a little bit. First week we were in Daniel chapter 3 and with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we talked about the guys who were thrown into a fiery furnace and then cast out because they wouldn't worship the, the golden idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had made. And they said, I'm not going to do that. Whether I live or die, doesn't matter. Throw me into a fire or whatever. And they were thrown in bound. And then King Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar sat up. He's like, hey, look, there were three guys that were thrown in all tied up. And now I see four dudes walking around. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. Last week, we broke down the entire book of Esther, 10 chapter book of Esther in the Old Testament. It's a great read if you got a a chance. Um, But um, in the whole book of Esther... We're talking about Queen Esther, right, who became queen. She was Jewish there, and King Ahasuerus was you know, her husband. And then you know, there's Esther's cousin, this guy named Mordecai, who was also up in the king's court. And if you remember last week, there was one guy's name you're probably not going to ever forget. And that was, see, you got it. Hey, man. Hey, man. And it, the things didn't work out so well for Haman hey, because he wasn't different. But Mordecai and Esther were different for God. And you can listen to those and catch up on those online on our website or our podcast. In case you didn't know, we have a podcast. You type a little iTunes podcast. Bloop, there it is. True Life Church. So That's kind of cool. Anyway, we're going to close out the series today, and we're going to jump right into the New Testament. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, um, to the book of Acts chapter 16. And if you don't have a Bible with you, there's some over there to the left underneath the prayer board. Uh, you can feel free to read along in that. And if you don't have a Bible at all, please write your name in that in permanent ink. That is yours to take with you today. So Acts chapter 16. We're going to set this up a little bit. So Paul and this guy named Timothy and this guy named Silas and then uh, possibly even a few others, they're going around on this missionary trip and they end up in this place called Philippi. And you're like, oh, I think I've heard of that, Philippians, right? And so they're walking around and they're, they're meeting a lot of really cool people and uh, this one you know, lady who's really you know, helped him out a lot. And so they end up in this um, place where they're going to visit this um, place of prayer. And this lady, this fortune-teller lady, who's employed by these two other guys, starts following them around and incessantly over and over and over again screaming, you know, these are men, servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she just won't be quiet about it. She just won't be quiet about it. She just won't be quiet about it. Finally, Paul's like, enough! And she's no longer able to tell fortunes. Well, that doesn't make the guys who are getting paid by her too happy. You don't think? I wouldn't think. Like, they took away the business, so they get pretty mad. So we're going to pick up here in Acts chapter 16, verse 19. says, so "...when her owners, the fortune-teller lady, saw that their hope of gain was gone," because you couldn't tell fortunes anymore, "...they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, "...these men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city." The advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, upon Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison, like a prison inside a prison inside a prison, like way deep down in there. And he fastened their feet in stocks. I don't know if you ever seen what stocks are. You can't get up. You can't stand up. You can't walk around. You are stuck sitting there, and you have to go to the bathroom. So you're stuck sitting there with your feet in stocks, and you can't move. There's no way to get out of that. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped because his life would have been a forfeit. He would have been killed because they escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights, because it was again midnight, and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, if you remember from last week, Nuh-uh. They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are, and he drops this bomb, Roman citizens. See, they thought they were Jews. Men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now not throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. And the police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia, the lady who had helped them out. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Because they couldn't just do that. You couldn't just do that to a Roman citizen without cause. That's why when Jesus was before Pontius Pilate, right, he had to be brought before the Roman governor to then do all the stuff that they did to Jesus before the cross. Because these guys were Roman citizens, you couldn't just show up and just throw a Roman citizen in jail. Anybody else, sure, but not Roman citizens. So we're going to break this down the same way we have in the past couple weeks. And Now we're going to look at a couple points uh, really to dive into what it means to be different, what it means to be a people set apart for God. Here's the first one. If you are different for God, the world and the enemy and the devil will underestimate you. If you're different for God, if you're going to stand out for God, the world and the enemy will underestimate you. Because remember, these guys were thinking that Paul and Silas, they were just Jews, when in fact they were Romans, right? Roman citizens. They weren't allowed to do that. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we, I, didn't, I didn't know. I'm so, so sorry. They underestimated who Paul and Silas were when they met them. And the world will do that to us. And, and situations are going to do that to us. They're going to they're underestimate who we are because of who we know. Y'all with me? Next one. And this one sounds a little redundant, but here we go. To be different means you have to be different. I know it's simple, but it's true. To be different means you actually have to be different different if you're to, when we're called to be again different for god we're called to be a royal priesthood a holy nation set apart from the rest of the world in the world but not of it we're called to be different and to be different means you're going to have to actually be different that requires action to be set apart means you may have to set yourself apart and say you know what i'm not going to do what the world does that might be okay for the world but I want to be different for God. I want to be set apart. And I'm not, that's not okay for me because that's what we talked about week one with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bowing down before that, we're that, not bowing down before that golden isle. Say, so, you know, I don't care what you're going to do to me, king, but I'm not going to bow down before that. Because just because the world says something is right, remember, doesn't make it right. And just because the world says do something doesn't mean that you should. So to be different, it means you actually are going to have to be different. You're going to have to make some choices. To be set apart means you're going to maybe sometimes have to set yourself apart. I'm not going to do what the world does. World might be fine with drugs. It's not for me. World might be fine with, say, let's live together. Let's cohabitate. Everyone's doing it nowadays before we get married. Let's just live together. It'll be easier. We can split the bills, blah, blah, blah. Might be okay for the world, but we're called to be different, right? We're called to be set apart. World might say, let's go get drunk this weekend. No, because I'm called to be different. I'm called to be set apart. world might say, you know, it's okay to cuss every once in a while, or like a sailor. But I'm called to be different, right? It's not okay for me. Might be okay for them, not okay for me. Might be okay to share this meme with vulgar language in it on Facebook. It's okay for the world. Everyone does it. It's funny, sure. <laughs> it's not okay for me, right? Because we're called to be different. So to be different means you're going to have to be different. To say no to some things that the world might say yes to. To be set apart means you might have to make the choice to set yourself apart. And be okay. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were whether you burn or whether you don't. Doesn't matter, right? But it doesn't matter because I'm not going to do that thing. Because I know who the king of my life is. Might be, it might mean that you have to, to praise and worship God and give Him thanks Even though the world might say, well, you know what, this is a great time for you to just wallow in self-pity. This is a great time for you. Look at your circumstances, look what's going on around you. You should just be sad. So, yes, turn to the drink. Yes, turn to the pornography. Yes, turn to all that other stuff to help you get by. Because that's what the world would do, right? But what were Paul and Silas doing in stocks, in an inside, inside, inside prison? They were singing praises to the Lord. It was their midnight, y'all. It was as dark as it was going to get. These guys were tied up, bound. They were shackled in an inner inner, inner prison. Where are you going to go to the bathroom in that? I can't imagine that smelling good or feeling good. After being, being beaten up with rods. Like this is the no good, very bad day. Like cubed for Paul and Silas. Would we endure that and still sing praises and hymns in our midnight? but we're called to be different. We're called to be a people set apart. Next one. If you're going to be different, you're going to be different, do not run from a worldly prison because it might be exactly where you're supposed to be. If we're going to be different for God, don't fear, don't run away from, don't hide from a worldly prison because it might be exactly where you are supposed to be. We don't like to think about that, right? I don't want to be in prison. I don't want to be in shackles or bondage or some type of thing in my mind. Or I don't want to be in some situation that I feel stuck and I can't get out of. I can relate to that a little bit recently, at least. You know, the elders and I, you know, we, we, you've been talking about looking at properties and what we're going to do and maybe we're going to move and maybe we're going to not. Unanimously, we just felt this call of saying, you know, God, we're just going to feel called to stay and wait. None of those other properties were really the one. We felt God was closing the doors on. So we know we're going to stay and wait. And if it would have been me what I want, I would have been out of here. Because I'm like, this is tiny. Let's grow. But it's not about what I want. And it's not always about what you want. Thank you, Jesus, right? Because if it's what we wanted, it might not about what he wants. See, Paul and Silas were in this prison singing praise, giving God glory. And they had a chance to run, didn't they? Don't run from a worldly prison because it might be exactly where you're supposed to be. Paul and Silas, they had a chance to, to go, right? All the doors were opened. It was pitch dark. No one could see. Their shackles were somehow unloosened. They could have walked free. Wouldn't you and I probably do the same thing? Hallelujah! I'm gone! See you, prison guard, I'm getting out of here. But in the midst of their midnight, after being beaten up and imprisoned wrongfully, unjustly, giving praise to God, they're in there. And they, even though they had the chance to run free, they stayed put. Because they knew that someone else's life depended on it. That's why Paul cried out, Hey, you know what, stop, 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 don't kill yourself. We're the craziest prisoners you've ever seen in your life. We're still here. The guard's like, are you kidding me? Why are you still here? Because we know Jesus. Tell me what I need to do to know Jesus. Okay? Let me go get my family so they can know Jesus. Okay, let's get baptized right now. Yes. You see, you and I could run. We could be in a prison, we could be in a situation we don't like to be in. We can run from sharing the gospel. We can run from choosing to talk about our faith. We can, we can run from inviting our neighbor to church. We can run from 100,000 different things. But what would happen if you didn't? Like last week, for such a time as this, what would happen if maybe the place you're in, dark as it may seem, binding as it may seem, imprisoning as it may seem, maybe that's where you're exactly supposed to be because you're going to encounter somebody who does not know Jesus. And, you, and they might be the one in prison. But you're the one who's actually free. See, too many Christians today see a way out and take it. Oh, the, just, Jesus didn't come up in this conversation. We talked about baseball for two hours. I may never see this person again, but man, I know he's a Cubs fan. Woo! Woo! Oh, it just didn't, it wasn't convenient for me to talk about it. It wasn't convenient for me to invite someone. It wasn't convenient for me to share the gospel. I saw it out, and I, I took it. Too many Christians today see a way out and take it. One of my favorite movies um, is called The Matrix. Only the first one. The other two are garbage. But in the first Matrix, is Keanu Reeves, Right? shaw righteous. And in Keanu Reeves, You know, there's this guy, If you don't, anyone not familiar with the story of The Matrix? Yes, no? All right, a couple of What? A couple of people. So this dude basically wakes up to realize that there's a whole other like cybernetic world and that's the real world and we're all programmed. It's, it's a whole sci-fi kind of crazy th- thriller. But he realizes that he can start bending and, and breaking the rules. And after being you know, shot up by a couple of bad guys in this movie, Mr. Anderson, we miss you, right? And all the bad Agent Smith, right? And, and he's getting shot up, and he's finally like, Neo, this is named name, Neo, Keanu Reeves in the movie, and he's just like, no. And just like that voice, like, no. And sticks his hand out, and all these, these bullets, they were going to just stop. just, if stop. What if you and I were like that, and we just said, you know what, that's what the world's going to do, but you know what, I know how to, I know how to, Break the bonds of what the world might think is a prison. (laughs) I'm just going to say, you know what? No. I'm not going to run anymore from some Agent Smith right in the movie. Some bad guy. Some guy in that world who's always just going to chase him. Some enemy. So I'm not going to run anymore. James chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 says this. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he's going to hang around? No. Resist the devil, and he's just going to wait till next Tuesday? No. Resist the devil, and he's going to flee from you. No. Right? And just bullets of the enemy. Just stop. Some of us are all too comfortable with just enough enemy hanging around. That you and I, in our lives, need to say this week, No. Also, notice from this passage in, in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas at the end of this, where they meet the prison guard, right? Paul and Silas didn't get let out, right? They got invited in. And there's a big, big difference between those two things. They could have run, they could have gotten out of the prison, they could have booked it. They didn't get let out, they got invited in. So much so that the prison guard brought the two guys who should have been in prison, whose charge he was in charge of taking care of, brought them back to his house. (laughs) Do we realize how crazy that is? This guy whose life is about to end, but no, you know, I said, We're gonna stay put. Don't kill yourself, we're still here. He owed his life to him until he found out that he owed his life to Jesus. And that's worth sharing about. That was worth getting excited about. He's like, so excited, I'm I'm not gonna let you out, I'm gonna invite you in. They went from incarcerated to liberated instantly because they knew Jesus, because they were different, because they were set apart for God. And we've seen this, if you think about it, in every story we've talked about in this series. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tossed into the burning fire. They weren't set free of the fire. They were invited out by King Nebuchadnezzar of the fire. Right? Say, so come out. I'm going to invite you. I'm not going to set you free. Esther and Mordecai, the whole people, the whole nation was going to be killed. They went from incarcerated to liberated in Paul and Silas today. Amazing stories of what it looks like to be different. You say, well, this is just Old Testament. That's just New Testament. I find it really hard to understand how this can relate because I've never been in prison before or maybe I have and it's been completely different and that's just not where I sink a prison exists in my... I'm not a necessary... I don't feel like I'm in shackles all the time, are you? Let's take a quick look at three real-life stories in this video about people who chose to be... chose to think about being different. Let's take a look.
1: Hello, my name is Lionel, and this is my wife, Kim and we are the Carltons.
0: I'm Griffin, this is Cammie, and we're the Stroops.
1: Hey, I'm Phil, and this is Jenny, and we're the Wrights.
0: I had Tanya on December 28th of 2008.
1: I started to be consumed with worry and anxiety about money. We'd always been told that we wouldn't be able to get pregnant and so um, when we did it was a really big deal. We weren't able to save anymore and then we ended up having to use our savings to pay for bills and rent every month. After about 10 weeks of being pregnant and seeing the baby a couple of times we um, we found out that it didn't look good. Basically, and they said that he wouldn't walk and talk and function like a normal child. At the 10-week mark um, is when we actually lost the the baby. These were my plans that I wanted to happen. You know, it went from uh, Two full-time working parents you know, with two fully functional children to, you know, her being a stay-at-home mom taking care of a, a severely handicapped,
0: you know, infant. So I was just trying to find, you know, another contract here and there, whatever I could get. You know,
1: simple things turned into to large arguments.
0: I'm screaming at my other two kids. Seeing the savings account that I found so much security in dwindle away. All of
1: a sudden the baby's gone and now you're not sure how to feel.
0: Why would you do this? Why would you put us through this.
1: So we really struggled through a lot of that together.
0: We started examining, you know, how is our attitude towards what God has provided for us.
1: There was a, uh, a lady from my son's school who created a Prayer Warriors for Tanyan Facebook page. We, we, we talked about it on that page. You know, today, you know, Tanyan had five seizures and it was a day that, you know, we didn't really think that we were going to make through. Understanding that really we are not in control.
0: It's a difficult situation, but it doesn't need to be miserable.
1: There were people who were waiting for us to ask for help. We, we decided to go ahead and start trying again.
0: We tried to give a little bit more.
1: We are now 18 weeks pregnant with twins. If the Lord wants to wipe out our savings account during this period, then that's fine. He, he will still provide. This was God's... Way of of not only testing my faith but strengthening my faith. I'm thankful that God chose us to to raise this special child. He has given us so much that how could we not be thankful? That we're thankful for every day um, that we're trusted with this lab or these labs. <laughs>
0: Paul wrote that verse, too. Today, you and I, we have a choice to make, right? We can be different for God. We can think differently. We can act differently. We can make different choices. Things that might be okay for the world may not be okay for us. To, to praise when it might seem hard. To walk through a prison or a fire because that might be exactly where we're supposed to be. It's not easy. No one ever said it would be. But we have a choice to make. We, we know that just because the world says something is right does not make it right. We know that just because the world says to do something does not mean we should. We can take a stand for Jesus so that others see Him in action. And we can walk through Jesus, through the fire, through the prison, and be invited out of it. We can be different for God, even though it may mean we're hated by some. And despite that, we can start being different the way that Jesus did, by showing love, by showing compassion, even for the person who may be guarding you. We can be prepared for such a time as this, like Esther, to step out and live in our faith. And we can choose who is king of our life. We all have that choice this morning. I'm going to invite Jay and Preston up, our communion stewards for this morning and our elders. Because we have a choice. There's always a choice. But I don't want to get out of this series. I don't want to get out of this morning. I don't want to get out of this building today without offering a chance to spend some one-on-one time communing with Jesus. I don't know where your heart is. You might just want to take a second and say, "I, I know I'm in a prison God, I want, to, I want to give that over to you because I might be exactly where you need me to be. And, and maybe my finances are tighter or maybe I'm in a prison of, of emotions from losing a loved one or losing a job and I just can't break out of this. But there is an opportunity for you and me to be different this morning. To choose to be different. To set ourselves apart. Not for our glory, but for His. So we're going to offer it to you that this morning because jesus loved every single one of us so much that he came he lived he died and he rose again for our sins for our failures for our mistakes so through this bread through this juice this simple simple offering that jesus said anytime you gather anytime you come together do this in remembrance of me we're going to remember him this morning because he remembered you and he remembered me on the cross. There's a chance to be different for us today because he was different for us as well. Let's pray.